0: Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. Hey there, Blue Jackets fans. Happy Thursday. The sun is shining. Everything is wonderful. There is no construction happening outside, so I'm very happy this is Locked On Blue Jackets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Jay Foster. Today's episode is sponsored by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So today we are continuing um, the roundtable discussion that I had last week with Robbie Leano of Locked On Coyotes, Richard Donner of Locked On Flyers, and Sarah Avampato of Locked On Kings. We're going to be talking a little bit about rainbow capitalism. We're going to be talking about kind of our journeys in coming out in sports media and things, things like that. So uh, I will just get right into it. In a in a weird turn of events,
0: that kind of kickstarted my like sports media. Karina, um which which I want to talk about in in a little bit but like I'd always I'd always assumed that those two things were going to be separate you know I was like, okay I can I can be involved in hockey and I can be involved in like queer advocacy but I don't know that those two things are going to mix and then um I came out I wrote a thing just kind of like stream of consciousness so I was like I need to like like an open letter to to my team and to to my friends and stuff. Ended up putting it on Outsports as like a, like a fan piece. Outsports got in touch um, and said, can we run this as a, a regular article? We'll need like some photos and a bio. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Not expecting much of it. And I kind of forgot about it. And then 18 months later, I get a, uh, a DM on Twitter from a guy called John Holmes, who runs sports media LGBT. Uh, and also wrote writes for sky sports and he was like there's a pride weekend happening in the IHL which is our like pro league over here can I talk to you about being LGTB in hockey and so we, we talked on the phone for like two and a half hours it was great and that really kind of kickstarted everything and then I ended up writing about Zach when he came out so I went down to the rink hung out at practice got to know Zach got to know a couple of the guys on the team talked to them they were really great and it's kind of been from there so it is always really funny to me that like these two parts of my identity that I always thought were going to be separate kind of being queer is what gave me gave me this push into hockey and then you know in in January I was sitting down with like Brock Gillis and Jessica Platt and you know legit NHL guy Kurtz Gabriel and it was very much like a the how how did this become my life you know, and I think it was very much that's kind of how I how the, the podcast stuff came along as well. As I think, you know, it kind of raised my profile as a person a little bit. Obviously, knowing Sarah helped because, you know, we we love nepotism here at <laughs> Locked On Blue Jackets and Locked On Kings. Sarah was like, I need a blue jackets expert. You're my only blue jackets friend. Please come and talk to me about goalies for for seven minutes. And so that was kind of but I don't think that would have been as well received had I not kind of cut my teeth on this article that i did um with zach and talking to uh john and kind of getting a feel for for sports that way so i feel kind of really really lucky that it kind of intersected at this this kind of um perfect perfect place so i kind of i kind of want to talk about that a little bit and i kind of wanted to talk um specifically to uh robbie about this if if you don't mind because I feel like your your journey has been kind of it's run on a, like a different path to mine. Obviously, you worked in sports and then you just kind of recently came out after you were established like as, as a sports person. So I was wondering if you could kind of talk a little bit on on that if if you feel comfortable to
2: yeah yeah i mean like i've um like i kind of said at, at the beginning i've been i've been in sports media for 10 years i started obviously it was high school at the time it was high school radio um and i did you know play-by-play was like oh you have the perfect voice for broadcast you should do radio and then i just kept doing it kept doing it and then you know college sports being again continuing play-by-play i'm gonna do hockey i'm gonna do this uh, i'm doing great but you know this entire time i had this all you know this you know, this, this queer you know feminine side to me that absolutely no one knew about because I mean, I'm a, I'm a, what I'm a sports guy. What do you Come on, seriously? No, no. And then, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, you know, my mental health starts to deteriorate and everything was like, and I'm like, I, I, mean, I I, gotta do something and you know, that's, and that's when I started actually just recently came out this year. I'm like, yeah, I am, you know, gender fluid and trans and, and uh, ever since then, like, you know, even people in sports in, in, you know, at least here in Tucson, the uh, sports media scene here in Tucson, it's like, cool. Yeah, like you're, you know, like you're good at what you do. It doesn't matter. And I was like, "Whoa, okay, this is not expected." I expected that, you know, that people. It's like, no, you have to be a, you know, you have to be a super masculine guy. And yeah, to see this difference was it was it was a, it was a, an eye opening. And I think it's so far it's been great. I haven't had any negative from anybody, and it's been, it's been fantastic.
0: I often wonder if we don't give sports guys enough credit sometimes, because I feel like we expect the worst out of things and I, I like I have never kinda had to deal with that in terms of like I've never had anyone come after me on the internet for being trans. I've had people come after me for like not knowing sports or for, you know, my my stupid takes on Jordan Binnington or whatever.
1: Come up in just a minute. I've got more of my round table on being LGBT in sports media. But first I've got to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action playoffs are in full swing and you can track all of the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds and info for all your sporting needs including MLB, NBA, NHL and all of your UFC, MMA action. So before the next game, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device, check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the bench anymore, this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the Stanley Cup. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. If you use promo code locked on or one word, you receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, that is betonline.ag. Use promo code locked on or one word to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
0: But it it has always surprised me that. And especially like it, it feels like I I should give guys in sports more credit because like I like I said when I came out to my team, they were all incredible. Like even the guys that I thought I didn't think anyone would say anything, but I thought guys would treat me differently or not really kind of interact with me anymore. Even those guys, like the guys that have since gone on to play pro, or you know I'm lucky enough to know a couple of retired pro guys from the elite league, and you know they're, they're men- mentioning. Um, they're messaging me to be like, oh, that's so cool. I actually, you know, I had one guy be like, oh, like someone I was in the army with has transitioned and is, is a woman now. And so, you know, that was, that was really cool. And so I've never kind of had any issues specifically with me being queer in hockey. And I wonder if it it is something that kind of has been built up and built up in my head, just because you hear all these horror stories. And then actually like I came to locked on and I've not like no one has, no one cares. Like, or it's not that they don't care, but everyone has just kind of seemed to be like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, we, we think it we think it's awesome. We're gonna like retweet your angry tweets and your interviews and stuff. And so it's it's always really kind of surprising. And I always feel a little bit guilty about being surprised that people aren't terrible. <laughs> so
3: I do think there's a lot of generational differences there you know, with exposure and education that exists now. And I think, uh, you know, I hate to be like, back in my day. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I came out in the very early 90s, which is a whole different world to to what it's like today. And I would say just from a, a gender perspective in terms of the role of women in sports media, I think... You know, for me, the women that I saw in sports media were sideline reporters, and that's about it. You know, maybe in the in the NFL, you get like one or two sideline reporters, and that was the and and Linda Cohn. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> basically all I had, and so you know, it wasn't something that I personally had considered, especially adding the layer of being queer, as. You know, a potential career path for me to be in sports media—it just was not even a kernel of a thought in my head as a high schooler, as a even in college. Um, well into my twenties, I, I was just like, "Oh, oh, maybe this is something that one can do." And so, I didn't even think about working in sports professionally until I was in my late twenties. And, you know, have meandered in and out of it to some degree since then. But I I do, I I feel like, you know, you young whippersnappers are are really (laughs) blessed. And I think that, you know, I just, I appreciate the progress so much. I know there's so much more to be done and especially coming, you know, from the corporate, from the media conglomerate side, from the sports network side, from the, professional sports and and the NHL, specifically in our case side, there's so much more work to be done to make it a truly open and welcoming community across the board and profession across the board. But there has been tremendous progress made. And I am so thrilled that people are benefiting from that today. Yeah, I feel
0: like every time someone else comes out, we get a little bit closer to like it being the norm. Uh, and I don't know if we're going to get an openly gay player in the NHL, but, you know, we had, um, I've forgotten his name, the the player agent that that came out last year. And, you know, there's openly gay employees working high up in in the corporations. And obviously, you know, women's hockey is starting to get more and more kind of prominent. Obviously, there is a lot of queer voices coming, coming from there, whether they're, you know... Openly gay, or it's just kind of like an open secret. Like I feel like most most women hockey players have never had like a real coming out. It's more just a kind of a, everyone assumes, and then they turn up and they have a wife, um,
3: get married, but. and have children. <laughs> when yeah. they're on the biggest rivalry in sports, <laughs> Team USA in Canada, that's that's like just multiple house, like multiple marriages. <laughs> my favorite story yeah. in
1: in women's yeah. Can we open just a minute? I've got a little bit more of my conversation with Robbie, Rachel, and Sarah, but first I've got to tell you about RockAuto.com. With the increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's basically impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning from the counterman while he orders the parts on his computer, choosing the brand his warehouse happens to carry, the brand that's going to make him the most commission? Why don't you just stay at home, where you have computers with access to RockAuto.com, RockAuto.com is a family business, they've been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The catalogue is unique, super easy to navigate, you can really quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck, choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer, and best of all, those prices are always reliably low. Why would you spend as much to twice as much for the same parts when you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's getting like more and more not not acceptable because it's it's always acceptable you know, but it feels like it's getting less and less, um, unusual, which is, which is nice. Um, and I feel every time someone else comes out and it's like, again, I think it's, it's different for me because, um, being like a trans guy is, is, is a weird place to navigate like masculinity in sport. Um, because I feel like I have to do extra work to be masculine. Um, but at the same time, I I worry that people will see me as just, you know, another white guy. And I worry that I kind of fall into, you know, things like mansplaining or, you know, things like that. And I don't ever want to be that type of white guy in sports. And so it's, it's always really, really difficult for me to to feel like I'm not barging into these conversations to be like, well, I have opinions, too, just because it feels very much like it's a a, a space for queer women and like mostly cis people to be honest um so it's it's yeah it's nice to know that there are more queer people out there but I wish there was more stories like Jessica Platt or Harrison Brown's and I could talk for like a hundred years about the transgender policy that the NWHL has but frankly I feel like I do that every other week on twitter so i don't need to i don't need to get into that now but it is kind of frustrating as a trans person to see all of this um which i guess is is where i'm going with this point it's frustrating to see everyone be like well homophobia is cured and i'm like okay cool now do trans women like now say that trans women can play women's sports and it's feels like we we take one step forward and then another step straight back every time this this debate comes up and especially in hockey which is i don't even know why but hockey seems to be the sport that has it the most kind of aggressively um it's the most aggressively gendered sport i think
3: i think there's some truth to that and uh jay you think you're uh Blue Jackets fan name five of their Stanley Cups. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, maybe I'm not sorry. Maybe I'm not sorry. We only have two, so you know.
0: But I feel like our Stanley Cup drought is shorter than your Stanley Cup drought.
3: Pro probably, yes. When was, the that last is time true. The was one? I was 18 months old. Okay. So <laughs> so and I'm old. So uh yeah. But but there there is a, a truth to that. I think, you know, what you're saying in terms of and you know, there are debates within the que- queer community about, you know, what is the role of coming out in general and should we be putting an emphasis on it because everybody's journey is their own individually. And it is not the responsibility of queer people to represent the entire queer community if that's not something that is of importance or interest or helpful to them. So I think that waiting or wanting a queer NHLer is, you know, there, there are definitely differing opinions On that, but I also think that there can be a role for the sport to play in terms of particularly what's going on now with anti trans legislation. That, you know, having major sports leagues step up and say, we are part of the sports world and these laws are bad would be very helpful, I think, to helping quash some of them because it's, I mean, it's unconscionable what is happening to trans people who want to participate in sports and, and trans people in general in terms of you know healthcare related bills and, and whatnot and to have the sports world speak up as a whole and say, these are bad <laughs> and, and what is happening here is bad. I, I think it is the important part rather than putting the onus on queer people to advocate all the time. Yeah, 100%. like
4: sometimes it feels like some of the teams are kind of playing chicken with it a little bit, um, because I mean, like we were talking about with the Pride Knights and stuff. Like some of them get like almost right there, uh, and you know, team I, I can use the Kings is that you know they're in a market that if the Kings came out tomorrow with a Twitter post that said you know trans rights, you know, would there be like a I mean there'd be a ripple because oh my god a sports team just said this but of the hockey teams, a team in a market like Los Angeles that already has a lot of, you know, a queer fan base, like it wouldn't be a big thing or it shouldn't be a big thing. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of waiting for some of those teams that we know are more vocally progressive in, in you know, the way they present themselves and their what, what, what do you think the, the team stands for or whatever. Um, I'm waiting for one of them to just, find, you know you, you need to open the floodgates and it's like, okay, well this team did it now. I mean, that's kind of how the Pride Night started of a handful of teams started doing them. And then um, it, kind of, it kind of picked up. And then the league decided to get into it and was like, oh, now it's just talking for everybody. Like, yeah, we, can yay, we, play, for,
1: we play for <laughs> teachers, you know? Um, but
4: Rainbow, yeah.
2: Jersey is pride tape and everything. We get yeah. all the money.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's all the time I have for today. Tomorrow I will uh, share the end of my conversation with Robbie, Rachel, and Sarah. But until then, I have been Jay Foster. This is Locked on Blue Jackets. You can find me on Twitter at Jay the Goalie. You can find this podcast at LO underscore Blue Jackets. You can email me if you have comments, questions, criticisms at LockedOnBlueJacket at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.